ask yourself this question. Are you spending your time or investing your time? Hey there, I'm Matt, one of the coaches here at Path for Growth. If you are a business owner or leader looking to get off the hamster wheel of working in your business and want to start investing your time working on your business, then I wanted to let you know that we have launched a free coaching trial where you can do just that. In this 14-day free trial, you and I will work one-on-one to unlock growth while reducing your stress. You'll also get access to all our member-exclusive content and the amazing impact-driven leaders in our community. Are you ready to stop spending and start investing? Find out more at pathforgrowth.com. Click apply to get started. Are you saying things like I have to, I need to, I must? Because if you are, your language might be revealing your true beliefs. Work is not simply an obligation. Work is something that we were given that was not just meant to burden us, it was meant to bless us because it is a place where we get to interact with other people and commune with the God of the universe to do something that we were actually designed and created to do. Well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. I want to start this episode, and by extension, this series, with a question. What is your heart towards work? I think that as it relates to work, this question is one of the most important that you and I and all of the impact-driven leaders that listen to this podcast must wrestle with and ultimately come to a conclusion on. What is your heart towards work? Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows everything you do. Another translation of that verse says, Guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows the wellspring of life. And I'll tell you, before I actually studied that verse and looked into the commentaries and translations of that verse, I used to think that it was scripture that related to our emotions and our feelings. Because oftentimes, in Western culture, we correlate the heart with being our emotional center. But what I've learned is that while that verse does encompass our emotions, it also means and points to something so much bigger, grander, and greater than just our emotions. And so I actually called my friend friend Naftali. He's one of the impact-driven leaders that we work with that's part of the Orthodox Jewish community up in Brooklyn, New York. And I said, man, you got to help me understand the actual Hebrew word that's used in this verse. And he explained that the Hebrew word for heart is lev, L-E-V. But he said that in this verse specifically, it's referring to your heart. And so he explained that the translation is lebechu. And I guarantee you that there's a lot of members of that Orthodox Jewish community that are our friends that are laughing at me right now for my pronunciation of that. But let's practice it together. It's labehu. Okay, so what does that actually mean? Well, Naftali and I spent some time talking about this, and then I also did some research on my own. And one of the things that I recognized is, yes, it points to our emotions, but also it means so much more than just our emotions. Here's a great definition that I found. The feelings, the will, and even the intellect. It's the center of anything. So it is our feelings, it's our emotions, but it's also our will, it's our motive, it's our reason, it's our purpose. It's what we're forcing into 
our reality. And then it's even our intellect. It's our cognitive thoughts. And it's the core of all those things. It's the deepest part in many ways of who we are. So guard your heart, guard your feelings, your will, and even your intellect. Guard the deepest part of who you are, for out of it flows everything you do. And it's in that context that I want to ask you the question again. What is your heart towards work? And as we enter into this series on faith at work, I want to start by walking through four possible heart postures that we all can take and often do take for looking at our work. In many ways, these can be the perspectives through which we come at our day-to-day work. And so I'm going to give them to you a high level, and then we're going to break them down. Work as obligation, work as transaction, work as opportunity, and work as ministry. Let's start with work as obligation. Work as obligation is the view that work is something I have to do. And biblically, this is pretty easy to shoot down. Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Now, you may say, okay, well, that doesn't necessarily say that work isn't obligation. In fact, it says that God put him there to do work, meaning that it's part of God's command. It's part of God's calling on his life, and Adam had to do that. So maybe you can make the justification that it is obligation. Ah, but wait one second. Think about where that verse is located. Genesis 2.15. Now think about that for a second. When did the fall happen? When did sin enter into the world? Genesis 3. So God creates the entire world. He creates man, and man is accompanied by woman in Eve. And he says, heart of my heart, flesh of my flesh. And man rejoices because he's no longer alone. And then God also gives man work. And that occurs before Sin enters the world. Therefore, it's right to assume biblically that work is not burden, work is blessing. Work is not simply just only responsibility, work is opportunity. There's meaning, substance, and value to be found in work. Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Now, here's what can be really convicting for me as a believer that I also hope I have the opportunity to convict you with as a believer as well. Too often, I say, oh, I have to go to work. I have to go to this meeting. I have to talk to this customer. I have to record this podcast. I have to record this content. I have to write this agenda. Although I may conceptually agree that work is opportunity, not obligation, my language does not reflect that belief because I am using the language of obligation. Are you saying things like, I have to, I need to, I must? Because if you are, your language might be revealing your true beliefs. In so many ways, work is not simply an obligation. Work is something that we were given that was not just meant to burden us, it was meant to bless us because it is a place where we get to interact with other people and commune with the God of the universe to do something that we were actually designed and created to do. 
And so I, I think right off the bat, we've shot down that the heart posture of work as obligation, work as something that I have to do is no good. Well, let's move on to the next one, work as transaction. The perspective of work as transaction is true, but I would say that it's not the greatest truth. So work as transaction is really rooted in the perspective that work is a place where I go to make money. Now, one of the things that we're going to discuss here in a bit on this episode is that although some of these things may be true, what we're really looking at and diagnosing is the damage and danger of making these things the posture of your heart. And so if your heart, if your emotions, your will, and your intellect, if the core of your being looks at work simply as a place to make money, you are treating it as a transaction. You are treating it as a job. And not only that, you're treating it as something that exists to fulfill your selfish ambition. I'm not saying that money is bad. I'm simply saying that money isn't best. And the minute that we make money our primary motive, the minute we make finances our primary goal, the minute we make the dollar the reason why we're doing what we're doing every single day, well, what happens? Guard your heart above all else. Why? Out of it flows the wellspring of life. Out of it flows every single thing you do. If you start to view work as a transaction, don't be surprised when your life starts to look a lot like a transaction. And you're going to be constantly looking at life, looking at relationships, looking at the world through the lens of, I give you this, you give me that. Tit for tat, equitable exchange. And in that view, in that perspective, I would suggest you are going to miss out on the meaning and the substance and the power of a life that is truly life. So work isn't simply just obligation, but work also isn't just a transaction. Yes, it is a place where you can make money, but it is not only a place where you go to make money. Okay, let's move on to the third heart posture. And the third heart posture is an interesting one because I believe it's the predominant view that is taught and held within personal growth circles, leadership growth circles, and even spiritual growth circles today. It's work as opportunity. Now, in many ways, this perspective of work or heart posture towards work feels and even looks better because what is work as opportunity rooted in? Well, it's rooted in the perspective that work, what I do every single day as my job or as my vocation, well, that's a place that I go to build my, our, or a kingdom. So it's a place that I can go to build my kingdom. It's a place that I can go to make money, yes, but it's also a place that I can rise up in my career. It's a place that I can build something that is mine if I own a business. It's a place that I can serve my family and provide for my family, or it can build our kingdom, right? We've got a team of people that we're raising up and we want to support them. We want to give them opportunity and we want them to have a more fruitful and abundant life for their families or a kingdom. Man, we're going to build this movement in our nation. We're going to build this movement in our industry. And in many ways, we are kings that are trying to build a kingdom in that regard. The only problem is, is that if you're a believer, your call isn't to build a kingdom or your kingdom. Your call is to build the kingdom. 
And here's the deal. I, I believe, and it's what we honestly strive to do a lot on this podcast, as building businesses as vehicles for making a difference. That's what impact-driven leader is. But if the primary difference that you are trying to make is the difference that you are willing into the world, is the difference that you are building for your people, is the difference that you're trying to make in your industry, then I will say that is a good thing that you have allowed to become the ultimate thing. And it will ultimately be unsatisfactory because your work was never designed to fill that gap. So are you building a kingdom? Are you building our kingdom? Are you building your kingdom? Or are you building the kingdom? Because one of these kingdoms has a capital K and every single other one is less than. And so If your heart, if your posture, if your perspective, if your attitude towards work is selfish in nature, and maybe it's not even selfish just for yourself, but it's selfish in the fact that ultimately you're not really doing this for the sake of building up the name of God and his kingdom, I will tell you, ultimately, although that may be cheered for and clapped for and popularized, it's ultimately going to be meaningless and unsustainable. And I will tell you, this is the one that I oftentimes, if I'm not careful, fall into the rut of stepping back into. I constantly have to remind myself that this business is not my business. This business is God's business that he's entrusted me to steward and manage. And here's the deal. If you're a Christ follower, I really believe this. And if you're not, I'm honored that you're listening. And you may may not believe this, but I would just challenge you to be able to express why you don't believe this, because I think that creates really healthy dialogue. But if you are a Christ follower, recognize that business is not your business. It's God's business that you have been entrusted to steward and manage. And so, although it is an opportunity Recognize that the opportunity that is enveloped and enmeshed in your work is not to build your kingdom. It's not even to build a kingdom. It's to build the kingdom. So work isn't strictly obligation. It's not just a transaction. It's not just an opportunity. What is work? Well, the perspective and the heart posture that I'm going to advocate for on this episode today and throughout this entire series is work as ministry. What is work as ministry? Work is a place I go to build the kingdom. I get so excited reading that definition of work as ministry because, oh my gosh, when you think of work that way, when you think of stepping into the office or walking onto the job site or having the conversation or going into the meeting that way as work is a place that I go to build the kingdom of God, oh my gosh, it's almost like you can't not find meaning. You can't not find excitement. You can't not find energy because suddenly faith and goodness and power and beauty and truth and grace are enveloped into what we're showing up every single day to do. And so here's what someone who's adopted the work as ministry view believes. My work is one of the greatest opportunities to practice and share the good news that I deeply believe. If you hold the work as ministry posture, I want you to hear this. Your work 
is one of the greatest opportunities that you have to practice and share the good news that you deeply believe. It is an arena in which you can play a role in the kingdom of God coming to earth. And let's think about how did Jesus teach his disciples to pray? He said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We want God's will to be done on this earth. We want God's kingdom to invade this earth. And when we have our eyes open to the fact that there is a kingdom that is so far above, so much bigger, so much greater, so much grander than everything we could ask, think, or imagine, and it is actively trying to work its way into this earth, and that we can be agents that can participate in the process of that coming to fruition, oh my gosh. It's work as ministry. And I will tell you, in light of the work as ministry heart posture, everything else just seems less. Work is obligation. Really? Are you kidding me? Work is something you have to do? No, work isn't something you have to do. Oh my gosh, this is so much more about what you have to do. This is what you get to do. You've been given this good news. You've been given the light of the world. You've been given a living hope inside of you. And now you get to bring that day to day and make deposits into the same people, into the same team members, into the same customers, into the same community. This is the arena in which you get to do that. So no, work isn't just obligation. But then work as transaction. Money? Are you kidding me? This isn't about money. Stop talking about money. In view of work as ministry, what is money? And I know that finances are a very real conversation for many people that are listening to this podcast right now. But here's what I'm going to challenge you to do if you're in that position right now. Start to view your work as ministry. Start to view your work as a playground to love God and serve people and prepare to be blown away by how God provides. Work is not simply a transaction. Okay, let's look at work as opportunity. Work is a place to build my, our, or a kingdom. You can't dream up a kingdom great enough that will ever compete with the kingdom of God. Because ultimately, your work was created by God, and something only reaches fullness whenever it meets what it was designed to do. And your work wasn't designed simply to build your kingdom. Your work was designed and created by the Creator to build the kingdom. And so in view, in light, in awareness of work as ministry, as a heart posture, every other heart posture is less. I'm going to ask you again, what is your heart towards work? And I will tell you that for all of us, especially if you lead people, especially if you own or run a business, you better guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows everything you do. Now, here's what's really interesting. For most of us, all four of these are or at least feel true. 
work as obligation? Like, do we need to work? Well, I need to work, right? I need to go to work. I also want to go to work, but I do need to go to work. Work as transaction. Yeah, work is a place where I make money and I'm very thankful for that. I bet you are as well. Work as opportunity. Yes, I get to build up opportunity for myself, for my family, for my closest relationships, for our team members, for their families, for our customers. Yeah, work is opportunity, but then also work is ministry. And what we're talking about here is not are all four true. It's okay if all four are true. Here's the bold claim that I'm going to make. If your heart, if my heart towards work is anything less than work as ministry, if I settle for my primary motive being obligation, transaction, or even opportunity, work and by extension life will lack meaning, will lack substance, and will lack sustainability. It'll lack meaning. Uh, It's going to lack a sense of purpose to it. It's going to lack a driving motive. It's going to lack a little bit of reason behind it. Because sometimes we always ask, why just do, do I not feel motivated? And think about that word motivated for a second. What's the front of that word motivated? Motive. What's your why? Anytime we lack motivation, we should say, okay, I need to remember why I'm actually doing this. What's the reason? If our reason is obligation or transaction or opportunity, if that's our heart, then yeah, I should probably anticipate and expect to lack some motivation. So if we want meaning, we got to view work as ministry. It's also going to lack substance because ultimately money for the sake of money is dead. Growth for the sake of growth is dead. And if you're only doing a job because you have to do a job, what happens when you no longer have to do that job? It's going to lack substance. It's going to lack stick It's going to lack substance. It's going to lack the ability to be something that you can hold on to and commit yourself to and dive into and sink your teeth into. And so if we want substance, we've got to view work as a playground to love God and serve people. And then finally, it's going to lack sustainability. I have seen this play out over and over and over again in my life, in other leaders' lives, and we can see it all over the news with regard to stars in pop culture and business and ministry. If you make your heart posture towards work, obligation, transaction, or opportunity, that is a road that leads to a dead end you will eventually burn out. You will not have the fortitude to stick with it. It lacks sustainability. And why is that the case? Well, I believe that like we already said, anytime we settle for our primary motive being obligation, transaction, or even opportunity, we are operating against what work was designed for. It's less than what it could be. And even more than that, it's less than what it should be. And that obviously begs the question, well, what should it be? Now, there's so many verses in scripture that we could look to for this, but one that I really like is in Matthew 5. It's when Jesus is presenting the Sermon on the Mount and he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp to be put under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. Let's look at that last verse. In the same way, let your light shine before men. So let take the living hope that's inside of you. Take what Jesus has given you. Take the blessing that is this life and that you recognize inside of you and let it shine before others. 
so that they may see your good deeds. They may see your work. They may see your leadership. They may see the way you invest in your team members. They may see the way you interact with your customers, that they may see your good deeds, that they may see your work and glorify the Father in heaven. So that when they see that work, they don't say, yay, you. They certainly don't say, yay, Alex. They don't say, yay, Path for Growth or yay, your company, because we're not building your kingdom. We're not building my kingdom. We're building the kingdom. So when they see that good work, they can't help but put their eyes towards heaven, that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. So out of this episode, and as we enter into this series on faith at work, what do we want to do? We want to view work as ministry. We want that to be our heart posture. And this really is the thesis statement for this entire series that we're about to jump into that I'm just so excited to share with you. Work is not a place for our faith to be concealed. Work is an opportunity for our faith to be revealed. That's good because it rhymes, but it's also good because it's true. Work is not the place for our faith to be concealed. Work is an opportunity for our faith to be revealed. Where you go every single day, the work that you do, the business that you own, the people that you lead, that's not a place where you should be concealing your faith, where you should be hiding it away, where you should say, that's something for my personal life. That's something for my home. No, that is what your heart should be towards work. It's not a place for your faith to be concealed. It's a place, the place, the number one opportunity perhaps for your faith to be revealed. Now, hopefully, the question that you're asking is, okay, I'm bought in. Okay, how do I do this? How do I treat work as ministry? How do I reveal my faith in the work that I do every single day? Well, that's the question that we're going to walk through over the course of the next five episodes. But I'll tell you, the natural impulse that oftentimes leaders who are believers often have is, oh my gosh, I, I need to start a Bible study for our team. And while that is one approach, I would tell you that it's not the only approach. And it's not gonna be the approach that we discuss in this podcast series because what I would tell you is it may not even be the most effective approach for revealing your faith day-to-day to the people that you work with, interact with, and serve. And so over the course of this series, we're going to walk through five ways that you can proactively and practically bring your faith to the marketplace, that you cannot conceal your faith, but rather reveal your faith. I'm going to give them to you high level on this episode, and then this is what we're going to be walking through in every episode of the series. So I would really encourage you to subscribe to the podcast because we're going to be releasing these episodes over the course of the next several weeks. How do we reveal our faith to our team, to our customers, to our community, and to the marketplace? Excellence, countenance, confidence, obedience, and dependence. These are the five areas, the five arenas that we're going to really dive into and say, what does it mean to reveal our faith in these areas? And then practically, how can we make that happen? But out of today, I want to encourage you, but I also want to lovingly challenge you. Do not allow yourself to settle for work as obligation, work as transaction, or work as opportunity. Start to view 
work as ministry. Start to view work as the playground in which you get to love and glorify God and love and serve people. And I'm going to challenge you, and I'm going to warn you that as we walk through these five lessons over the course of the next several weeks, excellence, countenance, confidence, obedience, and dependence, you might already be able to see it coming. The further we go in this series, the harder they get. But I will tell you, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's wrong. In fact, the fact that it's hard is probably the greatest indication that it's worth it. Once again, subscribe to the podcast. Also, I hope that today's content was helpful. It's one of the pieces of content that I'm really, really excited about. And so it's affecting, obviously, a lot of what we do here in the podcast, but it's also reflected a lot in the written content that I send to our email list every week. That email is called Worth It Wednesday. It's because I believe most email isn't worth it. So every week we want to send you one that is. If you want to get on that email list, you can sign up at pathforgrowth.com for Worth It Wednesday or in the show notes of this episode. Y'all know this. We're rooting for you. We're praying for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.